Hey, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to, to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Hey, welcome back to a Community of Principles podcast. It has been a while. In fact, I got to say, this is the first recording in 2018, and I am extremely excited to uh, to get back with everybody and to continue to share the message with our MEMSPA PLN and just to kind of continue to grow that learning. But real quick, you know, a lot has happened in January and February, and I completely 100% got to say that right now on probably everybody's mind is school safety. And so I can just tell you as an, as an elementary principal, Coming to you today on the Community of Principles podcast, we have already started to tighten up some of our procedures. So if you are listening to this podcast and you're in the same boat where maybe you're starting to tighten something up or make some small adjustments as far as safety goes, I would imagine there are so many other principles in the same boat. So my challenge to all of you is don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. We are all here to support each other and really, especially when it comes to safety and it comes to our kids, don't be afraid to reach out. With all that is like the the precursor, I now want to jump into, I have a phenomenal guest with us today that um, I can tell you I have watched for several years. I've really been, been impressed with his work. He is from Northern Michigan. He is also on an ice day today, so I am lucky to have him on this ice day. He'll probably talk a little bit more about that later, but welcome Eric Cardwell. Hey, thanks, Ben. Thanks it's great for to uh, be a guest here today and uh, to chat with you, and I, I look to learn. And so, Eric, I kind of go way back, and I believe when I was up at MEMSPA, you were, I believe, heavily involved with NAESP. And you were you were one of the reps, or you were going to be you were you were going out to be potentially a vice president or president of the association or something along those lines. That really really caught my attention a couple of years back, and I started thinking to myself, you know, definitely here's a guy that's a principal, but he is also motivated to make a bigger impact on a bigger audience. And so I've I've just been watching from afar, and and even last year when it was I think. Uh, MEMSPA 2016, if I remember correctly, I even saw you that in is Cowboy correct. Has. Boy, that we correct? have a wonderful association, don't we, Ben? <laughs> we absolutely do. So without any further ado, I am going to jump in and uh, and I'm going to turn this over and let Eric do most of the talking, but uh, I'm just uh, incredibly glad that you were able to join us on this uh, on the podcast. So Eric, could you just start us off and, and just tell us a little bit about your story? How did you get to the spot you're in today? You know, what is... Tell us the story of Eric Carter. Well, I, uh, I'm originally from Grand Rapids, Ben, and uh, my wife and I, it's actually kind of a funny story how I ended up in the Upper Peninsula, but my wife, when we graduated from Western Michigan University, go Broncos, I tried to convince her to go Ooh. to Alaska. And every now and then, I don't know if you have one of those stellar ideas that you bounce off a wife or your wife or a less than stellar idea. She didn't think that was such a good idea. So we basically uh, settled on moving to the Upper Peninsula, uh, Michigan's answer to Alaska. And what a, what a great move that was. Started teaching fifth grade at Lachino Community Schools, where I taught for uh, seven years in the classroom. 
And then I had a person that encouraged me to uh, go to MEMSPA's Aspiring Principals Conference. And so I went down there, had a great experience, fantastic experience. And then my boss moved up to superintendent and strongly encouraged me to apply for the position. So I was uh, a principal at Lation Community Schools for about eight years before I moved to my uh, current district of Alpena. First of all, that's an, I love the story because I can still go back to, and not a lot of people know this, but I was um, on my honeymoon with my wife and tried to talk her into moving to Colorado. And I actually feel like I was 99% there. And then right at the 12th hour, she decided it was too far away for her family. So for you to say Alaska... <laughs> I can completely relate, my friend, completely relate. Yeah. Okay, so you're up in the in the UP, and I know it's what, UPERS, and uh, it's also vast. I guess, quick question, completely off topic. So you've got kids that are coming to your school. What's the longest bus ride? Gosh, for uh, the kids? longest bus ride, if I remember correctly, was about an hour and 20 minutes uh, that the, the students were on the bus, which is quite extensive. Although, to be quite honest with you, where I'm at, we're a countywide school here in Alpena. So there's some long bus rides as well here. And and see, to me, that's a part that I don't think everybody truly realizes because I I know down here in in Jackson County, a long bus ride might be 35, 40 minutes. I mean, add on another 40 minutes to that. It's just, to me, it's crazy, but it also speaks to the region that you're living in and, and probably an hour is somewhat expected. Yeah, that with some that, that would be correct. And that's one of the things that impressed me when I was living up there uh, in regard to our MEMSPA membership was that the, you know, the, the UPERS, one of which I think is, well, your superintendent, uh, Mike Smita. And one of the first times Absolutely. that uh, his path and our, my path crossed was in Marquette. So some folks would drive two and a half, three hours to get to a region meeting. Yeah, that is, yeah. That, and it's hard for me to fathom because that's, I mean, that's more than me traveling to Grand Rapids, which is where you're from. Okay, so let me uh, let me kind of continue on with a little bit of the story of Eric Cardwell. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family. I mean, you you kind of gave some hints into your wife. Tell us a little well, bit more I, about your family. We have two children. Maddie is actually just graduated from uh, Michigan State University in a degree in uh, neuroscience. And she's going to be going on uh, for a PA degree. Uh, shortly. So we're quite proud of her. We also have our work in progress, our eighth grade son. He's a fantastic kid and uh, doing well academically. Uh, We couldn't be more pleased. But my wife, she has been a special education uh, teacher for her entire career, which is really kind of an, uh, an anomaly because generally the teachers will get out into the gen ed, but she is a, uh, a mama bear for her students. She's taught from uh, a center-based program to a resource room from middle school to uh, the high school. And she plans on retiring out of the special ed program. Well, we are definitely going to dive more into that topic on question two, but I, I've got to dive right into question number one for you. And I don't want to, and I hate to just transition that quick because I feel like there's a lot of ways we could go with uh, with family, but I think I'm going to ask more about that in question two. So here's question number one. This is a new one. So if you if you uh, have been listening to the MEMSPA podcast, this one is is brand new. So check this one out. Eric is the first one to dive in. What is something in education right now that really resonates strongly with you? You know, I, I really have to say the project-based learning. 
Ben. I, I really see that as uh, as really the future in education. We've talked about for a long time that our schools are being assessed with uh, standardized tests and wanting to take a step away from that and and look at students demonstrating their learning and other avenues. So I really see the project-based learning, having them learn the skills that are necessary while also uh, taking into account those skills that they're going to need to succeed outside of school as far as uh, presentation, uh, public speaking, uh, collaboration. I mean, all these things have been kind of done in the past in the classroom, but now we're looking at more moving those forward. Okay, good. I, I like that. And and I feel like there's a lot of potential with the project-based learning, especially around differentiating and, and just creating a bigger sense of choice as well. So I, I, I love where you went with that. And that is definitely something that um, I know a lot of people are trying new things with project-based learning. Okay, let, let's go into question two. And I'm going to go back to your family in a kind of a small way here. Um, so question number two is, what is one way Eric finds balance? And I'm going to add a caveat to that. With your wife being an educator, I can only imagine that there's a lot of educational conversations that happen in your home. So how do you find balance? Well, I wish I, I wish this we had video uh, right now because I would show you I would show you my smartwatch that is on my wrist. In the last couple of years, my wife and I have really made an effort to uh, connect uh, after school. Now, granted, uh, we still have those long work days, but we, during the, when we are not having an ice day, we try to get outside and do some exercise together. Frequently, our son will join us, and that's a time really for us to decompress about our day, talk about what's coming up for us, but it also establishes a time that I'm going to be home. And that's something that I've always struggled with in my career, as I'm sure most MEMSPA members have, teachers have as well. But for me, that watch says, I have to get out. I need to get my steps. I need to take care of myself. I need to get home before it gets dark and spend time with my family. Because in the end, and, it, and it's uh, quite honestly, is, is one of my biggest concerns for our profession is that folks need to take care of themselves. And I know that we stress it to our, our teachers that family comes first, but yet as leaders, sometimes our families have to sacrifice for what we do. But I will say this, for us to do what we need to do at 150%, we have to take care of ourselves. So it's important to get out, do the exercise. We know we know all the research that it makes us feel better and it makes us feel more energized. Absolutely. I, I can definitely tell a complete difference when I'm when I've got some exercise in and when I haven't. So I, I agree. But I what I really liked what you said is you use technology, your smartwatch, to actually be that reminder. You know, whether it's an alert on a phone, whatever it might happen to be. And you also are committed to following that and not just kind of blowing it off and saying, well, I got 20 more minutes or something like that. So I tip my cap to your responsibility and your dedication to follow that to a routine. Well, I know, you know, within NASP, we have a plank that really talks about uh, principal well-being. And I know that a couple of years ago, I was one of those people that I thought I was healthy. But once I got the smartwatch, I dropped 41 pounds. So and and just looking back on it, I didn't feel that well. I just didn't know it. And so I'm living it and I see the difference. And I think it's important for those of us that have had the years in to remind those folks that are coming into our profession that it's okay. It's okay to take time to be with your your family, your kids, your wife, and make sure that you're getting out and taking care of yourself because in the end, it's going to make you stronger at what you're doing at work. 
Okay, but I did hear that right. 41 pounds. 41 pounds. 41 pounds. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm almost I'm, you can't, to admit that, Ben. <laughs> you, you, you can't see me, but I'm standing up and I'm, and I'm applauding. I am just – I am so impressed with 41 pounds. That is, that is nothing to sneeze at. Well done. Okay, question three. This is rapid fire. And because I believe you've listened to the podcast before, you know this is word association. So the first thing that comes to mind, tell me when you're ready. Alrighty, go for it, my friend. Okay. Canada. Snowmobiling. Okay, good. <laughs> Chocolate. Dislike. Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. School lunch. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> And I had to come up with that one after we talked earlier. How about um, social media? Underutilized. Mm, okay, good Good enough. How about um, the movie Twister? Windy. Okay. And your favorite 90s music? Green Day. Oh. That's two words. Fan does, that, does that count? It's two words. Yes, I'll count that one. <laughs> okay. So social media, you said underutilized underutilized by most of our profession or you expand a little bit? I think underutilized by the bulk of our profession, just for this uh, sole reason that I, I see the power of it. Uh, we recently, uh, we hold a Veterans Day assembly. And uh, one of my aha moments was uh, during this assembly, and it's so big in our community, it's outside of our school, we host it at a, at a ice arena, the Aplex here in Alpena. And uh I just happened to have my cell phone on me when the kids sang God bless uh, the USA, all these kids singing to the veterans. And uh, I shot a video of it and it turned out it last time I checked, we had 16,000 views and it's been the most viewed item on our, uh, on our school social media. So I think so often people think, well, it's going to take some time, but it's important for us to take that time because what a great outreach to the world at large. And uh, the more we leverage it, the closer we draw our community in. And, and I, you know, one of the things I've, I've tried to explain to some people is if you were to do three posts a day, three a day, one in the morning, one midday, one at the end of the day, I bet it would take you less than five minutes on each. But the reach and the way that that is going to start to turn the narrative can be so powerful. And, and you know, it's, it's, if you go into the day, the goal is three and then only two happen, that's still two more than maybe you would have done if your goal would have been one. So yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that I am a complete support of that. And I can see that you definitely see the benefits of that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we got one last question and Eric, I know you know where I'm heading with this one. I am a true believer, and I know you are as well, that a big part of leadership is that at some point, someone saw something in us even before we even saw it in ourselves. And that's also important for us to do to our own staff and to people that we come in, in contact with. So the question I have for you is, who is a person that has helped you become the leader you are today? Oh, boy, Ben. You know, I was just at a school board meeting last night when they approved my NASP contract, and I immediately said that there was, it was because of, of many people, yourself included, the reason why I was standing in front of them last night speaking. But I would have to go back to that, uh, that first person that I mentioned, I think, towards the beginning of your podcast. Uh, her name was Nadine Kane. She's the one who encouraged me to go to the Aspiring Principals Conference. And I remember after I was hired as principal, MEMSPA's first 
conference came and went and uh, year two of my principalship, she came down and one day and she said, you need to uh, go to Memphis. That's important. And I said, well, I'm just, you know, it's the quintessential uh, excuse. Well, I'm just way too busy. I mean, we, we see it all the time. We're just, I'm just way too busy. And it was really her. I mean, she basically said, no, the, the, you need to go and you will go. And so I went and really that is, that's where my, my uh, participation in the association truly began. And it was because of her. And now sitting in my career where, where I am, and, and like I said, there's many people that, that I, that I should thank, but she is the one that really kind of put everything into motion for me. And I can say unequivocally, uh, the best professional decision I ever, ever had was joining MEMSPA and NASP. What a great organization that has supported me in learning, but also with networking. So you can get to know everybody across the state and in now the nation. And you realize you can glean best practices, but you also understand that we share a lot of the common struggles. Absolutely. You know, I, I just love that you bring that up because MEMSPA has just been, has been a game changer for me um, and, and attending. And if you're listening to this podcast and, and possibly you've been to MEMSPA once, twice, maybe several times, fantastic. Um, the other thing that you can do is you can look at going to a national conference, the NAESP conference. Um, I know that uh, this coming summer is, is scheduled to be in Orlando, I believe it, but I, I would just tell you, I've been to a couple of the national conferences. It, it really is a fantastic event. You cannot beat MEMSPA. So, so make sure you hear me loud and clear. MEMSPA is definitely the way to go. But if you have, a, have the ability to attend a national one, it's a great, great event. Well, and if I could just dovetail on that, Ben, uh, it's July 9th through the 11th and it's in Orlando. And I can tell you, NASP has worked really hard. We used to have them in the spring, and we've transitioned them to summer so they could be uh, work vacation events for families. So bring your family down, hit some of the theme parks, and uh, network with and learn with principals, not just across uh, the nation, but across the world. Well, I, I know that many people are very thankful that Nadine gave you that push. And um, I can just say I'm thankful that she gave you that push because it has been great to be able to watch from afar and to connect as you and I do. And we try to connect a couple times a year. And, you know, I know that um, I wish that our proximity was a little bit closer, but um, I know that you're just a, a quick um, direct message away or, or just a quick little uh, email away as well. And that's really what this is all about. So if you're listening to this to this show, don't hesitate to reach out to Eric. You know, Eric is a great resource connected on the state and national level. I appreciate you coming on, my friend. You had some great little pieces to share. Eric is a family man and he's a great guy. So I really hope that uh, after tuning into this show, you will find a way to reach out to Eric. Eric, can you tell people how to contact you on Twitter as well? Sure. My handle is uh, Cardwell16. would love to have an opportunity to connect with everybody out there and uh, uh, learn together. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Eric. Um, that's going to do it for today. Hopefully uh, everybody tunes in and listens to this great show. And Eric, just once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Ben. And thanks for what you do for, uh, for education. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.